Hey everybody, what's up? It's Lori Burris with the Catch a Pocket Podcast. Coming to you from lovely Wichita, Kansas. Anyway, um, tonight's episode is going to be about Anonymous programs, but mostly Overeaters Anonymous. I had a person come in um, that was nice enough to come in and tell their story and their challenges that they faced with... um, addictive habits in their case it was food um most of the time we're talking about drugs we're talking about alcohol sex all these things and uh we we forget about the overeaters anonymous or the people with different eating disorders it's nice to hear from people that have different stories and challenges in their lives so that we can learn a little bit and open up a new window into a room that we didn't even know was there. So with that, I will say, uh, if you are facing any challenges that you might want to um, find a group to help, and these anonymous groups really do help, and I've seen them help many, many people and they work if you work on buddies. Right, anyway, with that, here's my friend Jane Doe with her story on Overeaters Anonymous. Enjoy. So, I won't be able to interview you for personal questions. So um, Yeah, you can. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm just taking out the name and just and you're going to tell me um a little bit about yourself and what makes you want to share your inspirational story with the audience. Okay. Okay. All right. Do you want a name to use? I mean, like you can call me Jane Doe or something like that. Sure. If you want to do okay. that. Jane Doe's okay. Jane Doe is fine. Okay. <laughs> okay. Right. So we're with Jane Doe, and she's going to tell us some inspirational stories or story um, regarding her life that might help you in your journey with your life. So thanks for joining the po- Catch a Pocket podcast, and thanks for coming, and I appreciate you coming in, Jane. Thank you for having me. Well, um, my story is about my 12-step journey, and it began many, many years ago. I, um, I've i been heavy my whole life, and um, I knew that I had, obviously knew ha- I had a weight problem, but I also knew that there was some problem beyond that, that the weight was a symptom and that there was something else going on but I didn't know what it was. And um, I, uh, when I was pregnant with my first son, I gained 50 pounds and much to my surprise did not have a 50 pound baby. <laughs> and so um, things just really got a lot worse after he was born in terms of my unbridled eating. I was talking to a friend of mine, I had moved to Wichita a few years before and I was talking to my a friend of mine from Wisconsin and he said to me you know I'm gonna go to Overeaters Anonymous he said 
all I do is think about food. All I think about is what I just ate or what I'm going to eat next or feeling bad about what I'm eating. He said, I know I have a problem and I'm going to go to Overeaters Anonymous. And I was absolutely stunned because A, I didn't know that there was anybody else on the planet that was as whacked out about food as I was. And I also didn't know that there was any hope or any help or anything like that. Okay. And so that Christmas, um, we went to my in-laws and if I was not sleeping, I was eating. I mean, I just, it was just insane. It was absolutely insane. And (laughs) my poor husband, the whole way home from my in-laws house, I cried the whole way home and I said, I'm going to go to the first over Eaters Anonymous meeting Mm -hmm. in January. And I did. So that was in January of 1988. So I am about to hit 31 years in the program. Wow, congratulations. Thank you. And it's worked really well for you, it looks like to me. Well, it really has. Um, I mean, I've been as high as 80 pounds more than I am now. And I've Mm -hmm. been at this weight that I'm at, you know, plus or minus about 10 pounds consistently since, you know, for the last 10 or 12 years. And if anybody who's ever spent any time losing weight knows, you usually gain it all back. And Mm -hmm. I've been able to stay fairly steady. I mean, one of the miracles of this is that I've been wearing the same clothes for years, which, you know, there it's used to be. It's good and it's bad. <laughs> well, it's good and it's bad. And yeah. there used to be like several sets of clothes of all different sizes right. in my closet, you know, and who knew any given time when, what I'd be able to wear when. Right. So, yeah. That's yeah. really uh, something that I fight with too. I mean, I think it's, it's quite common for people to have clothes from when they were skinnier and just keeping them because, hey, man, I'm going to I'm gonna get back to that weight again and I'm going to wear those clothes again. And they don't want to let them go because they don't want to let that dream of being that weight go. Absolutely. But it's almost better to let them go and then get skinnier again and buy yourself a new set of clothes. Right. <laughs> at that, You know, because it's more uh, inspirational for you to do. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. So anyway, I started going to um, the Overeaters Anonymous meetings, and I've been pretty steady this whole time. There have been a few periods where, like, illness or something kept me from going. Mm-hmm. But um, basically what I learned was how to live. Right. You know, it, I mean, the 12-step program is a way to live and to deal with problems besides using a substance. In my case, it was food. Mm-hmm. And... Um, you know, or it might be alcohol or gambling or whatever, but right. um, that's what my family did growing up. We ate, or we drank, or my, or smoked. You know, right. I mean, I was surrounded by addiction. Realizing that, you know, once I got in the program, I realized that my mother was actually bulimic, and wow. um, and I, of course, I didn't know what that was when I heard her in the bathroom puking, but right. Um, you know, and that's what killed her ultimately. She had, and she had no means of getting help right you know, she didn't so even know she had a problem more she didn't than know she had a problem exactly right exactly you i mean didn't i think even she... Know she had a problem until you started addressing your problems and then it came up probably with right something exactly either. exactly and um yeah she had no means of getting help she didn't know she had a problem and um she just thought she had a convenient way not to gain weight <laughs> yeah and a lot of people do and no, i think that's so do. true you yeah. know and it's also with the drugs and the alcohol and, and, and other things, I think people are just trying to 
get through the day. And they don't see it as a problem. It's just the way they get coped with uh, the day. And then really, it could be a major problem, and they just don't realize it until it's a mountain of a thing. Well, and the overeating thing, you know, it's kind of the last addiction to really um, get attention because people are like, well, everybody eats too much. I mean, it's not a problem. I mean, everybody does it now and then. But, like, for instance, I was a grazer, and so Mm -hmm. I just ate all the time. Right. And um, some people do, well, and I binge, too. And um, so, you know, just about any eating behavior, thank God I never got into bulimia, but, um, you know, any crazy eating behavior, like, I remember the best thing that ever happened to me was grocery stores opening 24 hours a day. (laughs) (laughs) You know, (laughs) I mean, that was great. I could go out out any time in the middle of the night and get food. Yeah. Oh, Uh, man. Yeah. Yeah, that's just if you think about it now as someone who's a 31 year veteran of being addressing your issue with food you think how how where your mind was at that point was probably like whoa what was i thinking it's um but it's just the way that you were coping with something or or like not being able to sleep or 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 something like that you know what i mean Mm mm-hmm well, and the thing was, I mean, I, uh, I just, of course, you know, until I found out about Overeaters Anonymous, I didn't really know what the problem was. Mm-hmm. And it was just that, I mean, I didn't learn from my parents how to cope with life other than by eating. And, um, and the thing is, is a person who has an addiction of any sort, at some point in time in their life... Mm-hmm. It was their primary coping mechanism in terms of survival. Like if, I mean, my childhood was crazy. I wouldn't have been, I don't think I'd have been able to survive if I didn't have food as my comfort. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it's kind of like it works for a while and then it turns on you. Right. (laughs) And it turned on me big time. Yeah. Yeah. But it sounds like you addressed it when needed. Do you have a story that, uh, of, your journey that might be able to help someone else going through the same type of issue at this time that you might want to share? Yeah. Um, well, you know, I just realized that I was obsessed with food. I mean, that's what it is. It's like, mm-hmm. that's all you think about. It's like what I either feeling bad about what I just ate or what am I going to eat next and where am I going to get it? And am I going to get enough? You know, all those sorts right. of things. And what happened was when I was um, pregnant with my first son, And shortly after he was born, I realized that, you know, addiction is rampant in our family, and I just did not want to pass it on to yet another generation. Okay. And so that was one of my main motivators to to do something about it. The other thing was, you know, I just, I positively hated myself. Um, That's a real extreme symptom of addiction is you just hate yourself because you think you should be able to control this behavior, And you just can't. I mean, when I was around food, I mean, it was like it was talking to me. Uh, Jane, come eat me, come eat me, come eat me. And, um, you know, the idea, I mean, like one of the things I, whoops, one of the things I learned was, you know, you can go to the movies and not eat anything. You know, I mean, it was just like food, whoa, food had to be consumed, you know. Right. And um, you don't have to have the big gulp 
soda pop at the movie. You can just have a water and be okay. Right. You don't have to have popcorn the whole nine yards. Right. But it was like if food was around, it had to be eaten. And, of course, you know, I mean, that was the way my mom showed love was with food. She made things for yeah. people. Yeah. Okay. And, um, you know, food was, a, food was a way to wash your emotions down. And um, so even just learning how to deal with my emotions has been a big process over the years. But um, the thing is, is that, you know, it's, it's scary going to your first meeting. It's mm-hmm. really, really scary because, A, you're admitting that there really is a problem to yourself, if not anybody else. Mm-hmm. And, B, um, you know, everything changes when you're in that first meeting. It's like you realize that there's another way of life if you want to go for it. And, um, and just your eating is never the same again after that. But it's totally worth it. It's mm-hmm. totally worth it. Okay. Because, you, know? you know, I mean, the sanity in my life has just been awesome. It's been really, really awesome. So you have a good support group that comes foundation from there? Yes. From Overeaters Anonymous? Right. And do you get, uh, like in AA, you would get a sponsor? Is that the same thing that they do in Overeaters Anonymous? Do you get a, a sponsor, like a guide that guides you and helps you when you have problems? Someone you could talk to that's kind of, that you're trusting in? Yes. Yeah, and that's part of the program is getting a sponsor. It's the same as in AA. Mm-hmm. And um, But see, clearly, you know, at least with AA, you just stop drinking alcohol. Well, mm-hmm. you have to keep eating. Uh-huh. You know, so it's a little right. bit different in terms of um, one of the tools of the program is an eating plan. And, for instance, for me, starting out, for me to just not eat between meals was huge. Mm. Now, I still ate three banquets a day. You know, I still ate three enormous meals a day. Right. Because initially there's that fear of getting hungry you know mm-hmm. because if you're eating all the time you never get hungry you gotta make it last you don't get to graze anymore so you gotta no make it grazing last. anymore yeah and so it just went from um just eating three meals a day to really figuring out things that really set me off mm-hmm. you know and um initially you know sugar was one of the things that set me off um crunchy things like potato chips stuff like that uh. And then what happened over the years was rather than saying, I can't eat those things, Mm -hmm. the focus changes to, okay, what do I want to eat to maintain my health? Okay. And um, so, you know, initially. really, really positive to me. It is. Like anybody could really benefit from having support when it comes to eating and just healthy, you know, just healthy food because potato chips are such a drive for me personally it's like oh i crave that salt i think me too yeah (laughs) me too but they make some pretty good alternatives that are healthy now so something to uh appreciate out of the kale (laughs) yeah the kale rush that came out right right yeah so um so from there your meal plans you were talking about your meal plans and kind of sitting down and acknowledging how you're consuming your food and uh your guide helped you did you write down your plan like on your first session or did did it something that evolved that like we'll meet next time and we'll kind of figure out what you, you know take notes of what you're eating from here until the next meeting whenever that is like a day later or a week later and then 
and then we'll go through it and say, okay, here's what we can do to that you can challenge yourself with, but meet the challenge as well. You know, you don't want to set a challenge so high that you couldn't possibly meet the challenge, you know. Well, one of the things with um, with the eating plan or, you know, from my, from my standpoint, um, because I realized that food was, was a symptom and not the problem, um, being able to eat in a moderate way, if you do that, the weight tends to take care of itself, mm-hmm. okay, since, because it's a symptom anyway. And so figuring out, you know, what and how much to eat is, is part of the process. Um, there have been times in my time in the program where I have written down everything I'm eating mm-hmm. and shared that with my sponsor. I don't do it all the time. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, if I tend to recognize myself getting out of control, I'll do that. But um, one of the things working with a sponsor is, um, for me, that's really helpful is dealing with emotions and just kind of the ups and downs of life um, and using a sponsor for support as opposed to using food for support. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. So that's nice. Yeah, it's great. And then the other thing, the other thing that's integral to the 12-step programs is finding a higher power of mm-hmm. your choice. Right. And, um, you know, through my whole life up until I got into the program, I've really had kind of a mixed bag relationship relative to God or higher power. Yes. Um, sometimes it's been good. Most of the time, not real good. But the program gives you the freedom to figure out what your higher power needs to be for you right and so as a result over the years that's evolved um um, now it's just kind of an ongoing conversation this presence that's with me all the time My, my spiritual life has gotten so rich as a result of being in the program and ultimately that's what the program's for you know we all we have this hole inside and i tried to fill it with food some people try and fill it with alcohol some <laughs> gambling right. some with shopping we right. have this hole inside and when we develop our spiritual nature um the hole tends to get way smaller mm-hmm. um i tended to get way smaller yeah and also um you know life just gets really good because all that time I spent focusing on food, now I can spend on doing other things. And so lots and lots has changed as a result of my life and my life as a result of being attached to the program. That's that's really inspirational. And Jane, I really appreciate you for telling that story because I know it's difficult for all of us to admit any of us have faults or flaws. This is huge for your health, your life. And spirituality, and uh, and it's just good to know that everyone struggles this in a in a way the same struggle, because I think we all feel like we're looking for something or striving to be better people, but there's still work. There's always work to do, and um, so always. you know the more the more support you have and the more positive feelings you have around you. Um, the better off, you know, you'll be and all your family and your your extensive, you know, relationships will all just be uh, better for those things, for your work. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, is there anything else you'd like to talk about or to um, say to our audience? Um, it's up to you. Is there a good book to read or... Uh, a movie you watched or um, anything like that 
it doesn't even have to be like that it could be totally something different that you were thinking about I would just say that um, if you feel like you have a problem with food, check into Overeaters Anonymous because it's life-changing, it's awesome, and you'll be glad you did. Okay, well, thank you so much for coming, and I appreciate your time and coming all the way out here to Park City. Thank you. Thank you. This episode of Catch a Pocket is written, produced, edited and sponsored by me because I love making podcasts. If you have questions about a subject, email me at catchapocket at gmail.com. That's C-A-T-C-H-A-P-O-C-K-E-T at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter, on Facebook. You can find us on Instagram. You can find us places you don't want to find us. You cannot find us some places you want to find us, so look out, Apple. I'm coming for you. Um, special thanks goes to Phil and Fletcher Burris for helping me with the technical aspects of producing the podcast. Jeff and Zach Duddle for photos being used on Facebook and Instagram and the Podbean app, and sometimes Twitter. Kirk Rundstrom for the music and Lisa for allowing me to use it on, around, over, under, this podcast this show you're listening to i'd also like to thank anyone who supports this podcast and takes the time to give it a listen i hope y'all catch a pocket you can be proud of see y'all next time